You're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Professional Blur podcast, the only podcast about extra work, about background acting work. This week, joining me for the second time, it's our first, uh, uh, you know, return guest. It's Matt Sachs. Hi, Matt. Hi, Jason. Wow, I'm 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 thrilled that I'm a returning guest. I, I can't know, believe right? I'm the I'm the first and only so far returning guest. That's amazing. It, it, right? it, you know, I mean, we established at the end that you had a lot more stories, so we're going to have to. <laughs> you're also making me realize that I now then have to invite my friend who had you know 600 extra gigs to come back because I feel like he's got some more stuff to talk about. So maybe maybe we'll I'll push Kurt to come back too. Yeah, I loved Kurt's episode. Oh, so like, good. Getting hit on by Leah Thompson and stuff <laughs> and working on Friends and all that uh-huh. stuff. His stories were outstanding. And by the time this they has come out, there are more Friends stories, too, with another guest. So there's, uh, there's a lot a lot from a certain period of time. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Uh, now, the last time you were on, we got through some of your Pearl Harbor stories. But yes. so how ma- Refresh my memory. How long were you on set for Pearl Harbor how many weeks or technically it was like uh about two plus weeks okay because I was in I shot one day and I only shot one day in California but I was in Texas mm-hmm. for like two weeks yeah yeah and Houston for like three or four days and then we went down to Corpus Christi which is on the coast and uh we had like a couple of days off where they shot all the Japanese stuff and mm-hmm. then we worked like four or five days in a row and then we came back yeah okay so about like it was all all told two weeks okay so i mean there's a lot especially when you're an extra when you're doing one of anytime you're doing a job where you are not really moving yourself about and you have per diem they're going to be packed weird days usually like your only options are to party and eat really or read if you're a reader but come on i mean we know what i doing. <laughs> <laughs> well it was interesting because like those days that we had off mm-hmm. um you know i honestly didn't know what to do like we all had yeah. in, in houston we'd all had our own rooms and then we had roommates in corpus mm-hmm. and which was fine um sure and my roommate was a nice guy from, uh, michael from new york and he was a real new york guy like he had a very stereotypical like i'm walking here accent <laughs> uh nice guy mm-hmm. um and uh yeah, but those three days off, like, yeah, I remember I slept in, I'd go to the uh, a different hotel, the other hotel, the fancier hotel that like Michael and the crew and people were, and the bigger stars were staying at, mm-hmm. um, or the bigger actors. I think, I don't know if Alec and Ben Affleck had their own places or something like that. But anyway, there was uh-huh. a nicer hotel and uh, we could get into it and I'd work, I'd use the gym and go swimming in the pool there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's what I, and then like at night we'd all go out. Yeah. I mean, that's what became the big thing to do. Like those nights uh, that we had off, uh, we'd go out um, yeah. and we had, we had cash to burn. Like all of us had our per diem money. Right. And uh, I remember like we'd go sit at a big table at this seafood restaurant we liked and we'd like just order for the table and split it between us evenly mm-hmm. and I'll pull out the same amount of cash and I'll pull out the same amount for a tip and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that none of us had to spend too much Sure, and just pass around stuff. And yeah. the, and then we found a local bar that we liked and we started going there mm-hmm. and eventually, you know, because it was such a small town and this was like the center of everything going on in this in this in corpus christi that summer uh the locals figured out you know there were articles in the paper about where the actors like oh sure sure yeah 
and they found out that like all of us liked this one seafood restaurant we and they liked that we liked this bar so locals started going there so like the first couple nights that we went to this bar all we had to do was show our ids to go in and everything but Mm -hmm. then it got to the point later in the like by the time it got to like near the end of the shoot like they were only allowing and they 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 were only the doorman was allowing people who were in the movie in, and that was practically it and i know like it was ridiculous. And I know like, obviously it was fine. The closing night. Cause they made it the bar where we had like a, sure. our last night there's party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made sense to only allow us, you know, cast a crew mm-hmm. and, and stuff in, but like the two nights before that, like they weren't letting people in. Wow. And luckily, yeah, it was weird. And luckily I had taken like a, like a card that had like a business card that had the movie and logo and stuff on it Mm -hmm. from my first day in California. Like it was just like a card that was sitting out. And so I was like, I'll take this, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, no one's going to miss it. It didn't have anyone's name on it. It wasn't like a set piece or anything like that. And I took it and I carried it around with me in my, in my wallet. And I remember like one night they were like, Oh, you can't go in until, unless you're working on the movie. And I was like, well, all of us are working on the movie. And the guy's like, yeah, how do I know that? I was like, okay. So I like, and like some of the guys were getting frustrated and I just was like, hold on one second. And I just pulled the card out and handed it to the doorman. I was like, here. And he looked at it and it, you know, it said Pearl Harbor official, you know, something it had, it had, you know, it looked fancy. Like the bottom sure, of sure. it had like the planes flying and the sunset and explosions and stuff. And it had the mm-hmm. official font for the movie. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he, I was like, come on. And he, they let us all in and it was ridiculous. That's so um, funny. Do you still have that card somewhere? I have it somewhere. Okay. I think if like, you I find it and you can scan it or pick, take a picture, I would love to see it. Cause we should I'll see it if it's in like, I've moved, you know, so many times sure, since that sure. happened. I think it's in a bin and I, and I'm pretty sure another souvenir I got a gift I got is mm-hmm. in the bin too. And I'll talk about that. Um, okay. but yeah, so like I had to do that. It was ridiculous. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And then, so the locals were following us around and especially like the, a lot of, a lot of women, uh, mm-hmm. college sure, girls. Sure. And, uh, you know, and at one point I remember I was at the bar and I had to use the restroom and I go to the restroom and there's a whole group of girls standing between the you know the little space between the men's and women's restrooms and i'm thinking gosh it must be a line to get into the women's restroom but they were all looking at the men's door i was Mm -hmm. like what the hell's going on and then i I, i'm like excuse me and i'm trying to get through the door and and like and one of them says oh ben affleck's in there i'm like oh my god (laughs) so i go in and yeah Uh he's there Mm-hmm. And he's finishing off and he's washing and he goes to wash his hands and he did wash his hands. I want to make this clear. Good to know. Sure. Sure. He zipped up and, and <laughs> said, Hey, he was very nice. Mm-hmm. Said, Hey, and he washed his hand. And I said, Hey, you know, cause I'd seen him around on set by that point a lot. Mm-hmm. So he knew me uh, by face anyway, like, like not my name or anything, but he knew me. He recognized me and he's like, Oh, Hey, I was like, Hey, and you know, and I'm, and I, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, as he's walking out. I don't know if I could take a piss comfortably if I knew like 10 women were standing outside the bathroom no. door waiting for me to walk no, that's out. That's weird. That's weird. It was really weird and <laughs> kind of creepy, I thought. Sure. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, that was something that happened. <laughs> but for those three days off, yeah, we kind of took it easy. All of us like who were not working slept in and, and mm-hmm. worked out and went swimming and, you know, hung out with each other. And then, uh, uh, and then, you know, we knew we were going to get started again. And then we got 
just got started again. And it was good to be after the three days off that we had, it was great to be going back on set. And, sure. You know, some of us had to have our hair touched up and stuff. And then we started mm-hmm. working and um, luckily nothing happened to me again, like with what happened with the paint or with the oil cans mm-hmm. in the last episode. Sure. But there were still, uh, there were still things that were going to happen. Um, sure. One of the best things that happened, it wasn't negative at all. was like, we got to meet the actual Doolittle Raiders. That's amazing. Uh, it was amazing. Um, and I know this year, I think the last one passed away this year. Oh, really? Okay. I think that was on like CBS Sunday morning and mm-hmm. or the evening in the CBS evening news. And they have a website, you know, and everything like that. And the Raiders would get together and have a reunion every year, as long as all of them were alive. Sure. Um, and then it got to the point, obviously in the last five years, they've gotten, so elderly that they can't really travel safely the, the remaining ones mm-hmm. um so i think the last one passed away this year and they weren't obviously it wasn't a very big group of guys anyway right right um so i think this year the last one passed away i think that uh i don't think there's any living Doolittle raiders left did you get to talk um, to them at all or was it just a casual sort of like hey these guys are here you guys are playing them kind of thing yeah, it was a kind of combination of those things. Like first, like, you know, uh, they called us over, like Michael and some, and I think a producer. It wasn't Bruckheimer, I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, although I saw him later. Um, a produ- Like Michael and a producer called like all of us over who were actors and said, guys, this is Lieutenant so-and-so, Lieutenant so-and-so, Captain so-and-so. And, uh, you know, these are the real Doolittle Raiders, you know, like mm-hmm. at least like, I think I want to say like four to six of them. Wow. And we were all kind of like, oh, my God. Yeah. And and uh, we got to talk with them. Mm-hmm. We did get to talk with them. Um, and I talked me. We talked with one. And I remember, you know, one Michael, my roommate, asked him. He was very, you know, not I don't want to say rude. He was just brazen. He's like, hey, so, sir, what was Colonel Doolittle really like? He's like, oh, he was the nicest guy, but very intense and not very personal. He was nice, mm-hmm. but not, you know, <laughs> and personal. And then, um, and he was, uh, somebody asked him another question and then like, he kind of faltered a little bit. Like, you know, he was like, I I think his age caught up with him at that moment and he kind of got lost with his answer and everything, Mm -hmm. but we got to meet him and a few other ones and they were all amazing. Shake hands with them. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, I felt like, so in that moment, I remember thinking like, you know, uh, God, this is incredible. Like, I, yeah. I, I, incredible um, that now, I'm meeting these guys that did the, one of the most daring acts of World War II. Did amazing. they get to stick around and see the actual planes showing up? Oh, yeah. They wa- the planes were there, and they, they, watched, they watched all of the stuff. Because okay. we shot – that was the day that we were shooting the scene where the raid is launched. Mm-hmm. And this is the, – the planes were on the ship on the deck of the USS Lexington where we were shooting this. Mm. These uh, B – army b-25 bombers and uh so it was the day they were going to do that and it was a huge day it was like the day Mm because now we're shooting the actual raid it's getting launched Mm. and um up to that point we've been shooting other scenes you know of leading up to that day and there was a scene that i was in where and it's in the movie that some of the guys are listening to Tokyo Rose, the famous uh, propaganda, propagandist, mm-hmm. Japanese propagandist and on the radio. And I think, and in that scene, like I laid on a bunk and I watched like Josh Hartnett and Michael Shannon listen to her mm-hmm. and like, but 
they, obviously they didn't play her real like some guy some ad off camera read what she was saying oh okay sure and so like you're in the movie you hear this woman doing her japan in this very sounding like tokyo rose you know but this american guy is reading her off camera and he just mm-hmm. did it in his voice like she's like watch out americans we're gonna get you and uh, yeah yeah and like michael shannon's like and 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 somebody says to like i don't remember like i don't i think it was i can't remember i'd have to watch the movie but somebody says do you think she's right and michael shannon's like no we're gonna bomb that bitch down to the stone age or something like that jesus christ yeah yeah and in the scene like you can the camera zoomed in on the radio and michael and josh listening to it and you can see like a foot lying on the end of a bunk mm-hmm. and that's my foot okay it was because literally the scene is was just me michael Josh and maybe one other guy mm-hmm. uh, listening to Tokyo Rose. And that was it. I don't know why I was the one person selected for that, but I was That's put funny. in this bunk scene. And then in the scene that you were talking about in the last episode we did, where like, where you, Affleck says, this can't be good because the mm-hmm. sirens go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when the raid has to start. And in that scene, I'm bunkmates with Affleck. So okay. like, the alarm goes off. And uh, I'm on the top bunk and he's in the bottom bunk. And the shot is through the door into the into the bunk area. Mm-hmm. And Affleck, you know, sticks his head out and looks at everyone running around. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm in that scene too. I'm, I'm Affleck's bunk mate in that scene. Love it. Uh, yeah. So we shot all these ancillary scenes leading up to the, the raid scene. And the raid scene was huge because they're going to f- actually fly the planes off the deck of the ship yeah this was the first time this was done since the actual Doolittle raid it's crazy it was amazing so like yeah they'd only done it this had only been done at the Doolittle raid and for pearl harbor the movie the launching of these big army fighter planes bombers off the deck of a aircraft carrier yeah it was so it was a big day and uh you can only do that kind of thing once because they weren't going to like have these planes take off and fly around and circle and land on the deck of the of the aircraft carrier museum again. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like this is it. One take and that's it. And then they're going to fly off and fly them back to like where they keep these planes in storage yeah, yeah. and everything. So, and we shot other aspects of it like the raid starting and there were multiple takes of stuff leading up to it like everyone running sure. around and you know they had to get more gas for the planes cuz they had to launch the raid early. Yeah, yeah, okay. And there's a lot of there were things in the in the scene that were, you know, like the idea is like the the in the movie you hear like, you know, they fear they've been spotted. And mm-hmm. so they have to and like the question is like do we launch the raid now, you know, and like uh they're doing the calculations. I don't know if the planes can make it that far. On the, mm-hmm. uh, if we launch now and and Alec Baldwin as Jimmy Doolittle makes the call yeah, we got to launch now we got to launch now so they mm-hmm. had to take even more stuff off the plane and put uh, more gas on the plane and so there's mm-hmm. a scene of guys running around grabbing those gas cans that I had leaned against that were empty I guess they put them stuff in them now because then you <laughs> see guys running with them uh, and they made sure to run and like act like you know they didn't have to you, they're not running flinging them around you can mm-hmm. tell they're like they've got something in them because like they're running right. with them and they're weighed down with something um so they're putting extra gas on the planes and they take more guns off and they paint mop handles and this is what they really did they had they took okay. the rear guns out of the planes of the Doolittle mm-hmm. raid and they took mop handles and broom handles slapped them with black paint and stuck them out the back Wow, and that's the they had no rear gunfire protection, no rear gunner. They, Holy cow! To get the planes light enough 
to accommodate the extra gas that they had to put on them, they took the rear guns off so they had no rear protection whatsoever. Wow. So if they had been spotted by Japanese Zeros or Japanese aircraft, they would have had no rear defense. They just could have bl flown right behind them and blown them mm -hmm. out of the sky. Instead, wow. they had broomsticks and mop handles that were That's slapped with crazy. black paint and stuck out the back of the plane. Yeah, huh. it was crazy. So they do all that stuff. And we did a couple takes of those. Um, and at one point, you know, I'm running along the deck, like running on the, along the deck to my plane and, uh, and getting in it. And mm -hmm. I got to get in the planes, obviously. That's awesome. they, yeah, it was amazing. I obviously had to be really careful not to get on it and stay on it before they flew off. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I remember thinking, God, if somebody gets stuck on one of those planes when they fly <laughs> off, they are screwed. <laughs> they are Do you have screwed. any concept of how many cameras were set up when they did the one take? Uh, they had they had a camera they had so many cameras around mm -hmm. I, I remember they had ones that were on the tracks to follow the planes as they rolled down the the, the deck of the aircraft carrier okay there were cameras okay. everywhere um but i remember in one take i was running to my plane and i just went i, I tripped i went sprawling oh, i shit. went sprawling across the deck of the aircraft carrier which was you know obviously solid steel mm -hmm. uh, i went i must have slid like and smooth because uh -huh. it's a deck of an aircraft carrier, I must have gone skidding like about eight or ten feet. Shit. My hands got ripped up. Oh. Uh, not ripped up, but like burned and, and a little cut because like yeah. it was so smooth. Luckily, there wasn't any rock, but my I banged, bruised my knees and shins. I I skidded along and, and Did they notice? Did they cut? Nope. Wow. There were so many people running around. Did you keep going? Uh, yeah, I got once yeah. I kept skid. Once I got up after I stopped sliding, uh, right. I, I got up and and got into my plane, and you know I didn't even bother to dust myself off. I just like got up and you know jumped on it, and then uh, and then like it was cut and it was go back you know back to one, mm -hmm. and we, we had to do it again. And I remember thinking, God, uh, did anyone see me fall and go flying like ten feet? Right. Is right. that going to make the final cut? This guy tripping and sprawling across and sliding 10 feet across the deck of an aircraft carrier. Um, but then like we did another take and the Raiders were there and a guy, one of the Raiders called me over. He's like, Matt, come here. And I'm like, Oh my God, he knows my, he remembers my name. Love it. Love it. And he's, and I'm like, yes, sir. Cause I didn't really 100% remember his. So of I course. said, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, we didn't have to get grab our parachutes like y'all are doing and get on the plane. Mm -hmm. uh, they were where they were there for us. Like they had them on the planes for us. And I was okay. Like, oh, do you want to say something to like, you know, I'm like, do you, <laughs> do you want to say something to somebody? He's like, yeah. Oh no, I get it. It's, 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 it's Hollywood. You got to mm -hmm. do what you got to do. And I was like, Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. And he's like, you're doing a really good job. I watched you run and, and you look good. And I was like, Oh, thank Love you. It. Love it. He was really nice and really casual about, it. I don't care. You know, I, I get it. So like, so what you really got was more of a like, hey, you get some inside poop that nobody else is getting from this fucking World War II veteran. Like yes. that's what you're getting. That's amazing. Yes, it was amazing. And also, I oh. remember thinking like, and this was true. Like when the movie came out and people were like complaining about historical inaccuracies and stuff, I was like, well, I knew a guy. I talked with a guy who was there, and he didn't mm -hmm. care. Yeah, right. He had no problem with it. 
I mean, the people who really care about that specific stuff are the big nerds, like the nerds who were not there, who want to recreate every, you know, people with archivist minds like I have, who are like, I've got to get every little detail of this prop I'm recreating correctly. I'm turning into Vincent Price for some reason. But like, uh, but it's, it's, it is, there is this element of like, yeah, no, I was there. Also, it was probably a blur for him, like Mm -hmm. to some of it, like, and it's interesting that he's like, yeah, now you guys, as long as you get it, get the basics right. I don't give a shit. He was like, no, I don't care. It's, he literally said like oh that's okay he said that's okay it's hollywood i get it gotta make Mm -hmm. it exciting and i was like that's great wow now can you see you in the cut i am looking i'm looking at the raid and trying to see if i obviously there's so many of you and you're so small on screen that it would be hard to know which one you are at that point i don't think so i really don't like um and this is where like you know it gets kind of frustrating for me and that um i'm in so much of those scenes like that what okay so we... describe your what are you wearing because some of them are wearing the, uh, the cloth um, caps wearing... some of them no hats what do you got on i got i got a hat okay. uh, i'm a gunner okay. so i'm not a pilot or a fly or a pilot or a navigator i'm a gunner so mm-hmm. i'm wearing a uh, jumpsuit with a gunner uh insignia pin uh mm-hmm. got a hat got a hat mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the cloth caps, the flat yes. ones. Okay, all right. So I can look out for that. All right. Yes, um, it's basically what I'm wearing in the in the one scene that you can oh, definitely yeah. see me in mm-hmm. uh, in the lineup volunteering scene. Mm-hmm. It's just that um, you know, as I was running, you know, I had my flight suit sleeves tied around my waist and pulled like a belt. Mm-hmm. And then for this scene, I'm and this is maybe part of why I trip. Like I'm, I untie my sleeves and i'm throwing and i'm putting my sleeves on and getting my jumpsuit okay ready to go yeah yeah my, my flight suit so yeah. but that's what i'm wearing and, okay. and i definitely have the cloth hat i definitely had a hat and uh we had the orange and blue symbol uh, i can't remember what it was but i think it was you know for the army air force yeah because um, yeah. that's what we were we were army air force sure yeah guys flying off a naval plane or flying mm-hmm. off a naval aircraft carrier that's what made it all so different Right, the raid right. different. So that's what I'm wearing. Um, but I don't think at that point you can really see me like because I'm running and sprawling. Um, there is, uh, and this is, oh, I forgot about this almost. Like in, uh, so at that point where we're running around for the raid, I don't think you can tell me from anybody. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene, and this is an odd thing. Like we shot a scene of a bunch of us playing cards. And Alec, as Jimmy Doolittle, interrupts us and sits at the table and talks with us a little about, like, the nature of the not the mission exactly, but being a volunteer and stuff. And um, uh, in that scene, I'm standing, leaning against, like, a bunk, watching the guys play cards. And Alec comes walking down the, the aisle with uh, Kim Coates as the second in command behind him, and he interrupts the game. And when I see him out of the corner of my eye, you know, I snap to attention and he like, you know, puts pats me on the shoulder and says like, it's okay. Or something like that at ease. Mm-hmm. And cause everyone stands up cause you know, like he's the commanding officer uh, appearing mm-hmm. and you know, he sits down at the table with us and we shot that scene and we did a bunch of t- takes and Alec one point fooled around and played with the cards on the table. And I thought this is fun, but it's kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, that scene did not make it in the theatrical version of uh-huh. the movie, but I watched it or once I was, you know, once I was flipping channels on AMC or flipping channels and I saw it pop up on AMC that it was on. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. and it's around where I'm on. So I'll watch some of this. And then they showed that scene. I was like, what the hell? 
That's and funny. I saw me clearly, you know, snapping too, noticing Alec, you know, because I'm the first person who notices him and he mm-hmm. touched my shoulder and everything. In almost every take, he pat, pat me on the shoulder before he sat down at the card table. And I was like, why is this scene in, in all of a sudden in the movie? Why are they showing this? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was like on the cutting room floor. Right. Um, and then again, when it was shown like on Pearl Harbor Day, like a couple years later, and I don't remember what year, that scene was in it again. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely not when I saw it in theaters. That scene was not in it. But Funny. they've thrown this scene in every now and then on television versions huh. of it. I don't know why. Uh, you know, the reason they tend to do that is just for the sake of time, where one scene is the wrong length and that one is the perfect length just to get to commercial break or whatever. So that huh. kind of stuff will happen. And so if it's a short scene, then they're like, oh, cool, we got some bridging material. If it's a longer scene, then maybe it's to make up for one that was just not long enough kind of thing. Okay. So it's just a matter of time, usually. Yeah, it'll if you're watching it on AMC or 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 NBC or whatever the network it was that was showing it that, that I don't have any idea. Um, sure. I have to look they, for it next time. They've restored on, that scene. I don't know I if it's it. on like the DVD. Like I, I finally caved and bought like a used DVD version of it, like at a half price books or something like sure, that. Sure. I've never watched it. I have yeah. no idea if it's in the bonus scenes or features or oh, anything yeah, that like could that. Be. That's a good chance. Um, but it's definitely been on television and, and so that's the only other scene that I'm really, re- re- really recognizable in. And you can clearly see me like, cause there... obviously like I'm standing there and I snap too when Alec walks right by me and, and he pats me on the shoulder and everything. Was there only the one aircraft carrier and they duplicate it? Cause there's a lot in the scene, but did you only have the one? We don't, well, we did some of that stuff in Houston and it was yep. to stand in for the USS Hornet, which was the aircraft carrier for the actual mission. So we shot some stuff in Houston on that aircraft carrier there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we shot more of the stuff in the launch was at the Lexington. So everything that you see with the planes and the raid going on, that's on the Lexington. Oh, sure. okay. Okay. Um, so we, and then that plane and in, in that, um, I think that, yeah. And the Lexington also, I think both in Houston, both the, the ship they used in Houston was also a ship that got attacked at Pearl and mm-hmm. it stood in for that. And then it was also the Lexington was the ship, the Jap, Japanese used to launch the raid because that's what they shot. Those, oh, like, three wow. Days okay. we had off, they shot the Japanese launching Pearl Harbor attack. Okay. Okay. And that was the same ship for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But I never saw any of those guys. Uh, sure. Never, and obviously never worked with them or anything like that. Right. Right. But the Lexington huh. stood in for the Japanese aircraft carrier that they launched Pearl Harbor's attack on. And then we used it for the USS Hornet. We launched the Doolittle raid from. That's crazy. Uh, do you have any more um, uh, Pearl Harbor stuff before we get into the other side of the the business that I think <laughs> would be fun to talk about? Uh, I think that's pretty much everything. You know, okay. it's it's now it's been twenty years, so it's kind of a blur some of it. Sure. But other things I can remember and see so clearly. The only mm-hmm. other thing that I remember uh, after you know flying home in the small back to Los Angeles on the small plane and everything like that is mm-hmm. when I got back to where I was living. I opened my mailbox and paychecks were already there waiting for me. Okay. And I'd, I'd forgotten. I had all that per diem cash still. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah I got paid for this. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I thought the checks would be like, you know, coming in a couple of weeks, but there were three page, Just two or three paychecks waiting, waiting for, for me. Yeah. And I opened the first one and I was gobsmacked. Really? I had never seen a check that big made out in my <laughs> name before ever. 
just because just because you're there you're there there for that whole fucking time right so they got to just yeah. pay you pay you pay you pay you. that's fantastic i will tell you so, very quickly were you when you're putting when you're sorry but when you're putting on your your thingy you're when you're trying to untie your shit are you coming oh. right out of the right out of the the quarters right out of the uh yeah i mean like in well uh yeah like i'm i you know practically fall off my bunk when affleck says you know mm-hmm. this can't be good uh-huh because the alarm's going off yeah and then i um you know and and then i uh you know, I'm going to do something. We were told, I was told not to get out in his way for that scene. Sure. But then later when like, uh, we're running onto the deck of the ship. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm Let me see flinging something. myself into it and, and getting out the hatch to get to the run down the deck of the ship. Is that the, you to the, uh, plane? Is that you by any chance that I'm Let me see. circling right now? Cause that like might be me. Sh- I'm hoping that, that honestly, you. I'm taking a screen cap. That honestly might be case. me. Yeah. Haha. Yeah, I can't say 100% for sure. Sure. sure but, but it that's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This and is I like was wearing right. that right and a hat. Yeah. So, at the very least, there's a good chance that's that's our Matt Sachs, right? There. Not that I didn't <laughs> I found a better shot of you last time, but you know. Yeah. Still. The shot for me in the volunteer scene is the one. <laughs> I mean, that 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 shot uh, a pulled back version of that shot was in Newsweek when they did the cover story on the movie. Love it. And Love so I it. have that issue of Newsweek, and you can see me in the Newsweek article too, awesome. in the review section of the movie, That's which they so did good. not like the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I remember being very torn because this is this came out at a time when I was still roughly nostalgic from a very deep love of World War II, or thinking I understood World War II, and realizing later on I just like the costumes uh, for these movies. <laughs> Between that and my absolute cynicism about shit that uh, that was recreated, that, that was just old timey and nostalgic, and I don't think I even knew it was Michael Bay at the time. Or oh, did I hate him yet? Probably pretty close. And I remember seeing the trailer <laughs> in the theaters with my mom, and my mom's like, "Oh, that looks so great." And I'm like, "It looked terrible, mom. What are you talking?" And again, it was mostly my cynicism talking, but it's also like she was just reacting to John Voight doing an okay FDR impression. That's mostly yeah. what she was reacting. <laughs> no yeah. insult to my mom, former guest on the show, but I'm just saying, mom. Come no, on. no insults to your mom. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I'm proud of the work I did on it in the sense you like be. I was. Yeah, I was grateful to meet those the two little raiders, and Alec was so nice to me, and I killed everyone was cool set, to man. me. Yeah, Michael I still Shannon was. Be. In a World War II movie, man. Did I tell you, and I probably mentioned this before, and probably on the last episode, but I'm still bitter about it, that the first time I shaved my head was when I was getting ready to be in a World War II short film, and I had my whole get-up, my legit World War II uniform, and I'm waiting on a sidewalk in 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 summer Chicago and waiting to be picked up, and they're like, sorry... Sorry, we, we're not going to use you. It's like, are you kidding me? You said are you, you were going, kidding me? I'm not kidding. They were going to oh, pick me up. Didn't have a cell phone worst. at the time, and right. so I'm ready to go. Uh, although I will say, the beginning of this year, I did do a voiceover for a World War II movie, and hopefully, one of the voices I did will end up in there somewhere. So you know, gotta hope so. Right? Did a lot of yeah. work for it, but you know. Wow. Anywho, I just, that, that's one of that those sucks. things. It does yeah. suck. It does suck. You know, for all the stuff it's taken the movie and yeah I, I made a mistake in the last episode and said it was like south park that sang about it i think it was in it's team america like that has that oh, team america yeah, yeah, has yeah. that uh-huh. whole song where they keep referencing how bad pearl harbor was <laughs> that's right you're right you're right <laughs> i was uh, right creators wrong uh project uh-huh. but but <laughs> anyway you know it gets a lot of grief but 
at the same time, you know, I remember loving when I wasn't getting yelled at, uh, loving <laughs> doing it and being thrilled to meet, you know, the Doolittle Raiders and Alec mm-hmm. and talking with Michael Shannon, who I got to know pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he and I talked a lot. And it's interesting, like years later, I ran into him uh, on Larchmont, mm-hmm. uh, literally the day before I left for Las Vegas to get married. Oh, really? And, yeah. So he's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, Michael. And he's like, what's been going on? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to Las Vegas tomorrow to get married. <laughs> he's Love like, it. that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a, but he was really nice. And he remembered me clearly. That's and awesome. we talked. And uh, in, in the ensuing years, like uh, we had made a mutual friend somebody who'd seen him do theater in chicago and everything so we Uh talked about him and we talked for like 20 minutes on there on larchmont you know the day before i left for las vegas to get married and he was Mm -hmm. really nice but that's about everything like with pearl but i for all the stuff it takes from people and i get it i still have very fond memories of of it and and the work and the process Mm -hmm. and everything about it was it was a crash course in learning what it was like to be on a movie set Let's talk a bit about uh, you booking extras. How did that come about? Yeah, my uh, few years down the road, a few years, my I was taking classes at an acting studio, and my acting teacher's husband opened an extras company, and mm. I was trying to figure out how to classify it because uh-huh. uh, because really what he did and what we mostly did was other extras companies that were bigger and more successful mm. would contact us about like, Hey, we need fresh faces. We need to get like oh, five or 10 new fresh faces to put in the scene. Yeah. Can you, and, and we would provide those five or 10 fresh new faces. And that's what okay. we did. So I called it like supplemental extras casting. That's weird. Okay. He was always trying to get projects of our own. And we did like do like um, at least like one or two movie or definitely a TV show that like a, Daniel Stern had some TV show that had like three episodes and we were the mm-hmm. the extras casting director for it or something like okay. that. I have no idea what that show is. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But mostly what I did was I, I, I would, we'd do supplemental. Like they'd call us and say, we need 10 fresh faces. We need 20 fresh faces. We need, you know, five fresh faces. And I'd call, I'd spend, I'd be dialing on the phone and going through the records of our files and like finding the right people and calling Mm -hmm. them and seeing if they were available and seeing if they would work and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I also did all the, uh, so I fell into that because I needed a job and my acting teacher's husband had opened this business and my acting teacher was like, well, Matt, you could do that. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. Sure. Uh, It's a gig. Great. And it paid $125 a week. Oh boy. Okay. All right. I know what those and jobs I had to be are there. like. Yes, and I had to be mm-hmm. there like eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. Oh, come on, it was it was insane. That is it was shady. ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I didn't realize because I was so desperate for work. Mm-hmm. And they had also said like, and you can book yourself. And I was like, okay. I never booked myself once. Uh, mm-hmm. I never, I never could make it work. And uh, and I had to deal with I had to deal with all the office stuff. I had to deal with the orientation, like, you know, when new people would come in, because we were always trying to sign new people too, because the fees that people would pay us to join our join our company were what really kept the business afloat and everything. Okay. So I had to like, once a week, I had like, once or twice a week, I had a day where like, I would teach these new people who came in and signed up and our office was open, like anyone could walk in and I would, you know, talk with them and ask and tell them what we were doing and sign them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least once or twice a week, I had to do the orientation and, you know, tell them, all right, here's what being an extra is like, and here's what your day on set is going to be like. And, mm-hmm. you know, I got it down where I had it 
like in 20 minutes, I could get it all out, the basics 101. So like if I sent these people to set the next day and it happened, sometimes I did, mm-hmm. that that they wouldn't completely be lost. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah. Um, and I had to take their pictures and create their files and all that sort of stuff. So it was a lot of work and I was grossly underpaid for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, dealing with people walking off the street in Los Angeles, I had a lot of weirdos come in. Of course, yeah. I remember a guy brought in his girl, his girlfriend in quotes and asked mm-hmm. how much money I could get, you know, he could get for her work and stuff. And I oh said, God. if she works on set, that money is hers. The mm-hmm. check will be made out to her. Mm-hmm. And it was really creepy and gross. Mm-hmm. And and other times I had people who had delusions of grandeur, like they come in and go, how soon can I, you know, will I be a working act? You know, will I be a star, like a movie star? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, well, I, I, you know, I didn't know what to say to that. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. you're, you're signing up to be an extra. I made it clear. You're signing up to be background. You could be on set like with 200 other people, you know, in a big crowd scene. This is not, you know, you can use this to make some money. And if you work and do a job every day, you can maybe make a living at it. But this is not being a, I want to make this clear. You are not going to be a star this way. Right. Yeah. But I had people who, you know, felt that um and i did that for about god i want to say like two years or something like that wow okay yeah maybe longer god i'd have to look at my resume because i was the office manager and casting director oh and it my got to the gosh. point yeah and it got to the point where the boss my the my acting teacher's husband he'd come in maybe once a week mm-hmm. and i ran the whole business basically for 125 dollars uh, a week yeah yeah man it was ridiculous I hope it you was, had supplemental income, or were you just, just fucking? I had, I sweet. had acting jobs, and okay. uh, and uh, see, I wasn't getting any booking any myself on any extra work. Right. But sometimes yeah. I'd get other jobs, and like jobs I'd gotten before from that, and I had, uh, and uh, I had, and I lived off that, and. Yeah. But it's really, crazy. because you're crazy. literally making a week what you would make a day as a SAG extra. Minimum. Yeah, it was it was Oof. insane. Oof. It was insane. <laughs> I don't remember. I did other work during that period too, but mostly it was like freelancing and yeah. being at this office every day. What and about uh, what are some good bookings that you made? Because I know that you had a couple. Yeah, I'm really proud. Of the the big movie that I worked on that I'm proud of is Seabiscuit. Like I cast uh-huh. a lot of people who worked on scenes that were shot at the racetracks for Seabiscuit. So yeah. I worked on a film that got nominated for Best Picture. So that's yeah. that's a cool that's thing. Fun. Yeah, it was cool. Um, the the most the booking I'm most proud of is that uh, there was this long. It was a George Clooney movie called Solaris. Yeah, and I can't remember who directed it, but I want to say it was a big director. And I'm not going to say the wrong thing since I said the wrong thing that's earlier, okay. even though it got cut. But in my head, it's Steven Soderbergh, but I don't think I that's think right. it was. I think, think it was actually. It is I Steven Soderbergh. Yes. yes. Okay. I got that one right. Still, yeah. I'm still cutting my mistake earlier. Don't worry about it. You don't guys worry. know what I'm referencing. <laughs> so they, they, we cast a lot of people for them and it's like set in the future on a space station. Again, mm-hmm. I've never seen it. <laughs> um, but one day they called me and they were like, Matt, this guy who you have in your files. Yeah. He's like, we really want him tomorrow. Like we really want him tomorrow. We need him for like, in a scene. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I was like, huh, now they're asking me for something instead of, and then they're not being dicks because they were (laughs) usually 
pretty rude to me. A lot of okay. these CDs or people on trying to get extras for their movies, they could be pretty rough with me. Yeah. Like I remember one, the Seabiscuit guy was furious because I did send one person who'd worked like two weeks before mm-hmm. on a scene for a big crowd scene. He's like, don't send me anyone else. I want new people every time. And I'm like, oh good God. Lord, you're going to have like 500 people there. You're worried uh-huh. about one guy. But this person on Solaris was like, we really want this guy to be in this scene. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, huh. What are you going to give me? <laughs> and I was like, so that, I said that in my head, but then I did say like, okay, you really want, you really want him. Um, he's going to get a voucher for this. Right. And they were like, Oh yes, yes. He'll definitely get a voucher. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this would be his third one. So that's what I wanted to confirm first. And if yeah, you, yeah. for those who don't know, if you get three SAG, three SAG vouchers working extra working, then you're eligible to join the union, you're SAG eligible and you can join yeah. the screen actors guild union, which is what this guy really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so you're going to give him a voucher and, and we'll bump him, you know, for the day, we'll give him some extra money. I was like, Oh, that's nice what else? And they're like, and he'll, you know, get a dressing room and trailer and, you know, he'll have somebody, you know, there to make sure his hair and makeup are all good. You know, we'll make sure he's taken care of. I was like, Oh, that's nice. What else? <laughs> like, and we'll also give him a little extra on top of the bump. You know, we'll make sure he has, you know, extra money. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice. What else? <laughs> and, and they were like, Matt, and I was like, you, I know you can give me, me more for him because, mm. uh, you know, I know you can. I know you mm. can. And then I kind of did flex my muscle and say, and, you know, maybe if you'd been a little more polite to me these last two weeks, I wouldn't be doing this to you right now. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm trying to fight for him and I want him to have the best. And maybe he's not even eligible, able to come tomorrow. Right. You know? So I want to give, so if I might, he might have to cancel important plans tomorrow to be on your movie set. Right. So you're going to give me everything I'm asking for, for him. You're going to bump him. You're going to give him a bonus. You're going to give him, you know, a short, you know, you'll, you'll make sure he gets to go home at a decent time. You're going to give him, you know, the, it's for his hair. Cause he had long dreadlocks. You're going to make sure oh, he gets yeah, the yeah. hair mm-hmm. bump and you, and he gets a hair bump. I really fought for him. I went to, the mat for him with all this mm-hmm. you know and they're like and they were finally like matt will give him everything that you want everything love it you got it love it and i was like i will call him right now and see if he's available mm-hmm. and i called him and he was and i told him i called him as I, I i said like you know hey i've got this job for you it's on solaris and he's like it sounds good and i'm like they're gonna give you your third voucher and he's like oh I was like, they're also going to give you. And I ran down the list of everything I'd gotten for him. And mm-hmm. by the end of the call, he was like near tears. He's like, it. Matt, this means so much to me. I can't believe it. And I'm like, yep, I'm really happy for you. I know you've been wanting that third voucher for like, he's like, I've been wanting that third voucher for like almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was near tears about it. Love it. I love it. And it was so great. And so I was very happy for him. And he was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, I'm happy to do this for you. And I called them right back and said like, he's available and he's happy to be there and he'll be there. And they're like, thank you, Matt. And the, the thank you, Matt was kind of like, <laughs> this extras, this extras casting director got, got us under a barrel. That son of a bitch. I could tell they were not thrilled about it, but um but then he called me the next day when the shoot was over. And he's like, I just had the greatest day on set I've ever had in my life. Like they mm-hmm. treated me, they treated me like a, a real actor. I had my own, you know, makeup, my own room 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I called my wife from my dressing room and uh, it was the greatest day I've ever had on set ever. They treated me so wonderfully. I was awesome. so happy. And I was, and he's like, and I'm going to the offices next week to join SAG. That's amazing. Like, I was like, I'm really happy for you. It was an amazing, it really felt good. It was like the best day I ever had in any kind of job. It was one of the best days I've ever had at any kind of job. Yeah. That's so good. So I was really happy for him. There weren't many days like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the company you were working at? Uh, that, that was a Seabiscuit company, right? Same company. Yeah, it was the same company. Yeah, it, we did Solaris, Seabiscuit, The Hot Chick. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just wanted people who were, you know, you know, 18 to play younger and everything like that. Sure, it was a yeah, high school. Yeah. It was a high school movie. That's back when I chick. could have actually done that. If I'd have lived in LA, that's, that's <laughs> back when I could have done that. Uh, it was, uh, and what else? Solaris, Hot Chick, uh, Seabiscuit, Intolerable Cruelty, the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. And that one is where I booked my uncle. Um, my uncle huh. lives in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, he was looking to make a little extra money and they needed lawyers or guys who look like lawyers to like be at this convention or whatever. And my mm. uncle has a law degree. So I was like, Oh, and they needed in his age range. They were like looking for guys like in their mid forties to like mid fifties or something like that. And he was the perfect mm-hmm. age range and everything. So I was like, okay, I'll get, I'll book him. So I called mm-hmm. him up and said, do you want to work this day on this George Clooney movie? They'll, you know, you'll make some extra money. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, sure. I have nothing tomorrow. So I was like, great. So I booked him on it. And then he had a good, he called me later and he's like, you know, George Clooney walked right by me. And I was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I had like a, a he's speaking to us as a group and I had an aisle close to, or close to the aisle seat and George Clooney like literally walks like right by me. And I was like, huh, that's cool. And then like the commercials came out for it. And then I went to the movies and I saw the trailer for it. And all of a sudden I see my uncle like on the screen, like, and he's right. He's standing practically right next to George Clooney clapping for him. Love it. As he walks down this aisle of all these people clapping for him. And again, this is a movie I've only seen like bits and pieces of. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I think I've seen the whole thing once, but I can't remember. We talked about this um, before, but Tom Bosley hated it. That's all oh, I know. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, well, I actually have become friends with uh, a guy here, uh, Patrick Thomas O'Brien, who's in it. I think he's mm-hmm. the bailiff or and in, in the courtroom scenes. And he okay. has some lines with like... Uh, and I, it's funny, like he, I've become, he lives here in Minnesota, Patrick Thomas O'Brien. He's best known for playing Mr. Dewey on Saved by the Bell. And oh, okay. he's in that movie. And I told him, oh, I cast extras for that. My uncle's in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my uncle was in clearly seen and they used this clip in the trailer. In, Which one is he? Like, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he he's like? a taller man with uh-huh. curly, like brown blonde hair, okay. and he's standing oh, in near the aisle and he's clapping, and you can see him very clearly. Is he on the right hand side? Probably. You know, what? So. here's what I'll do. Why don't I just share you my screen sure. again, and and we'll see. Nobody at home can see this, and I apologize. This is more for my entertainment than anything else. Uh, is it that guy? Which guy? Uh, I think my screen is blocking him. Oh, okay. <laughs> You'll have to. He's uh, on the right, uh, and he's, I think, the taller guy whose head guy? is. He's the taller one. I, he's the taller one on the right. I think on the that's right? him. Uh, okay. I can't Love see because my screen is blocking him. I don't know if I can move this. <laughs> <laughs> I can. 
Oh, uh, not that taller guy. The guy next to the taller guy. This guy? That guy. That's, what that's I thought. my uncle. I thought maybe somehow, right even though, you know what? I, I deserve an award for being this good at spotting extras. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> don't that was him. You gave me a lot of info to go off of. But still, still, it's impressive. Yeah. Love and it. So, like, that, that scene starts back earlier, and, like, mm-hmm. you can see him really clearly. Like, Did he just you know, do it for because he'd never done extra work and he wanted to just have some fun? Yeah, basically it was that. He's like, I could use a little extra money. I've never been on a movie set. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And he did Love it. And he ends up in the trailer and all the previews and commercials. See, that's was, the fun stuff. It was stuff. all over the I've, place. I don't think I've ever ended up in the trailer for anything. I don't think so. Like, because I'm not, in no movies am I, like, big enough to be featured. Usually I'm, like, in the aviator, I am, I'm in the same scene ten times because they doubled us up or, you know, they mm. tripled us up. Uh, they copied and pasted us, but... Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to be in a trailer for a thing. Yeah, I've, I've worked on all sorts of movies, and I don't know. I never saw the trailer for American Wedding, which I did really a feature oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of job on. And I think maybe I'm in the trailer, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I do remember, like, I worked on it, and somebody else who in my theater company, Sacred Fools, did some dubbing for it. Oh, really? Like, she came, I, I was like, at the theater like working on something and uh ruth came in and is like matt were you in american wedding and i was like oh yeah i was and she's like i just dubbed some stuff for that today and i saw you on camera and i'm like oh that's good because i had no idea again if i'd be on camera that's amazing though i i uh I, well i'm gonna have to find out and see if you're in the trailer because obviously uh, of american i have no wedding, idea which... i'm all over that movie too because because mm-hmm. we shot two scenes for that i'm a football player i'm one of stifler's football players because he's mm-hmm. a high school football coach in that and oh I'm, okay you can clearly see me with my helmet on because my cousin told me when she went to see the movie like i saw you <laughs> in that scene i'm like yep Love and uh, that was fun because I got to run around and play football all mm-hmm. that day, which I loved because I played football in high school and I loved doing that. I loved getting to wear pad and helmets again. And we ran around on the field and we didn't care that we weren't supposed to hit each other, that the, mm-hmm. only the paid stunt guys were supposed to. We all hit each other all the time. Most of us, we were mm-hmm. like, why not? Why not? How often do we get to do this? So we didn't <laughs> tackle like each other off our feet. Um, but we did like, you know, bump helmets and bump pads and stuff. And I enjoyed I loved it. And then later in the movie, Stifler uses his football players to fix like this wedding. He's destroyed by his ax. And I'm one of those guys. So like you see me running off a school bus and you see me arranging flowers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So I got featured in that one, but mm-hmm. some guys got pulled and got to like have lines. And I was not one of those lucky guys. Those guys Suddenly were lucky. Down. Have you ever yeah. gotten bumped to a line? That is a question I don't think we we talked about last time. I have never been bumped to a line when I've mm-hmm. been an extra. Mm-hmm. I've been bumped to like featured stuff. And mm-hmm. um, the cl- I don't want to call it bumped to a line, but I worked on The Bold and the Beautiful as, a, like yeah. a, as an extra for something like, God, like five plus years before finally they called wow. me and said, hey, hey, Matt, do you want a line? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I do like remember this happening. I remember distinctly yeah. this happening. Yeah. Yeah. I had to work extra work on the bold and the beautiful for like five plus years, three to five years. I can't even remember how long, mm-hmm. but I worked on that show a lot. Um, that was the show that was my like kind of regular gig mm-hmm. because at first, like, you know, uh, you know, I, at first uh, a casting director from it came to a, a workshop, you know, like, showcase thing where we read lines for her and Mm -hmm. in LA you know what these are like you pay to be seen by a casting director 
character, you read some lines or do a scene and they make some notes and give you some feedback and then talk about their work before and after it and everything. Sure. It's basically pay to play. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. Um, it's for me at that point in my life, it was a way to get seen by CDs mm -hmm. and try and get, get some work. And, yeah. you know, on her forum, she had asked like, are you willing to do extra work? So I was like, sure. Why not? And, um, so like about two weeks after I did the first ever workshop I did with her, I was on set and I got featured in the, as a featured extra in the scene. And mm. then, uh, you know, some time went by and I got to do it again. And this time I got to be like a delivery guy and it was, you know, just me one-on-one -on -one with mm -hmm. the guy signing for the package. And I remember like, and this is, I, you asked about getting lines bumped. Like I came really close that day because like, you know, we're doing the scene, like he's signing for his package and he's like, Hey, I really appreciate you bringing this so fast. Thanks so much, man. Have a good day. And like, I remember him, we rehearsed it a couple of times, you know, me handing him the clipboard and him signing for it. And at one point he, the guy, the actor, and I can't remember his name, he turned up and he said like, Hey, can he, can he say something? Cause this feels really weird. Like, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him and he's just standing there nodding. And I remember a voice came over the PA like, I'm sorry, we just can't budget for that today. I'm really sorry. And so he turned, yeah, and he turned to me and he said, I tried, man. And I was like, no, that no one has ever done that for me before. That it's is amazing. the nicest. I said to him, that is the nicest thing anyone has ever done on set for me before. Just ever. about to anybody. That shit never happens. That's phenomenal. It was so nice of him. And, you know, he, and when we'd rehearse it, like he said, like, yeah, like I remember we were rehearsing it talking. And mm -hmm. I remember the, the, uh, the person again from the PA said, Matt, make sure you don't talk when we're actually <laughs> shooting the scene. And I was like, I will. Thank you. I was like, Jesus, just rub the salt in the wound. You, <laughs> you just should have tootsied it and gone for it. Just keep going. Just do it. Like you have no choice but to not use me god damn it it was uh, ridiculous because like i later showed that scene to people because like uh -huh. i made sure we recorded it my wife recorded mm -hmm. it you know when it aired and i showed it to some people i think i might have even shown it to you mm -hmm. uh, and somebody Possibly. watching it said like how the fuck did they not give you a line in that that's ridiculous <laughs> you're standing there and he says like three things do you while he's signing for the for the package and and they didn't even want you to say thanks or anything like that. So good. I love it. It That's was hilarious. It was ridiculous. I have pulled um, up the video of your one line, though, of the line ah, that you yes. do have. I do have at least one line on the bold and the beautiful. You're um, an orderly took, or a nurse. I'm not sure what you're supposed I'm to be. I'm a nurse. Be. You're a nurse. A okay. Nurse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it took years to get there. It's Eventually, crazy. like, so I did those things. Like I did the first time I ever worked on it, I was featured in a scene and other characters referenced me. They made fun mm -hmm. of how my tie was tied. Then I did that delivery guy and I did not get to say anything. I was mm -hmm. explicitly told not to say anything. Um, <laughs> and then I did like a big group scene. And finally, after a couple of years, um, after doing those jobs, like they were like, Hey, you're going to be in this scene at the hospital and you'll have to come and get fitted or not fitted, but they'll pull a costume for you with scrubs and a white jacket and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the point where, um, they did that. I got to work on that like a couple of days in a row. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where if anyone in the bold and the beautiful got in a car accident, had a heart attack, was having a baby, had to go to the hospital, I would be one of those regular people. They were very mm -hmm. good about that. Like they wanted the same faces at the hospital as, okay. as the staff, not as All patients, right. but if you Fine. were a hospital yeah. staff person, 
they wanted you to be there again. So at least a couple times a year, somebody on the Bold and the Beautiful would have something happen to them medically, mm -hmm. whether it was like all those things, car accidents, babies, you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. they all, I would always get to work on those episodes. And it got to the point where I like was there like one time, I think I was there like half a dozen times in one year. Wow. Yeah. It was a consistent gig. And uh, it was what, the last television show I ever worked on before I moved to Minnesota was a day on the, a couple of days on a row on the Bold and the Beautiful set. Huh. And um, I remember talking to a guy on the set, Doug, who was like kind of the extras wrangler. And I told him like, yeah, I'm moving to Minnesota like next week. He's like, wow, how long have you worked on this show? And I was like, I want to say like five plus years, you mm -hmm. know? And he's like, yeah. You've been really good for us, Matt. Uh, I'm sorry to see you go. He was really nice about it. Mm -hmm. But I got to know that crew a little bit. Like I got to know Doug and some other mm -hmm. people in costuming and stuff. And and Shannon, the CD, who cast me on it, Shannon Bradley. Uh, they were really nice to me. And that cast was always really nice to me. All, That's all the actors on it. The only person who was ever a jerk to me was the director in that day where I had the <laughs> lines, where he gave one of my lines to another extra. Uh, damn it. Yeah. And one of the leads on the show had to speak up and go, Michael, you can't do that. Matt mm. signed a contract for this role and these lines. And if you take them away, them away from him, I, as the union representative on this set, I have to report it. Yeah. Wow. Like, oh, my God. Because at good. first I was like, yeah. Because like, when the director, Michael, took the lines away from me, I was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I only have three or four lines in the scene and you just took two of them away that from sucks. me. That sucks. Yeah. And you want to give like another one to this guy. Mm -hmm. I was, sh and he was a guy who'd already worked on the show and had lines before. He didn't need this. This was my gig. Yeah. And, and I remember John spoke up for me for it and uh, he, it, it meant the world to me. And, yeah. and Michael, the director was like, fine, Matt, say this line and this line, you say these two lines uh and don't mess it up i'm like yeah wow i'm gonna yeah so i got one take to do it right and oh i did it God. right yeah yeah of course you did yeah and and uh leslie who i did the scene with was very nice about mm -hmm. it and i thought in watching that scene you can when you've watched it i thought her dialogue was just awful mm -hmm. that she had to say yeah it's terribly written yeah it's it's yeah. not good it's not good and she she did it as well as I think anyone could have. Yeah, that's that's our problem. Like a lot of people don't realize that uh, the skill it takes really speaks more to like the fact that they can memorize as much as they can at all and yeah. continue to stay in character is remarkable, especially when they're given unbelievable dialogue. Just yeah, everyone on everyone Bold and Beautiful is the only soap I ever worked on. Yeah, and every day on that set, I was you know I walked into it you know my first day like rolling my eyes like a soap opera. Okay, well at least it'll be like a quick day, I guess. And it was. Mm -hmm. It was always really quick. They're really good. Soaps are really good about we do it, we get you done, you're gone. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, as time went by and I watched what these actors had to do with the lines that they had to read and the massive amounts of dialogue they had to do, mm -hmm. I was blown away by how how good they were. Oh, how bet, they yeah. made how they made chicken shit into chicken salad i mean they <laughs> they really have talent and they yeah. can like what you just said they memorize massive amounts of dialogue mm -hmm. and they only have they have like two takes to get it right and that's it and well, it's intense it's an intense set to work on because like you know 
they're working together every day and they're shooting multiple episodes at a time and mm-hmm. they don't have much time off because um, it's a serial and it's, you know, it has to go throughout the year they're shooting because it's on I, five days a week or something like four, four days a week or something like that. I feel like we did this last time, but we have one segment on the show and I, I bring it up now because maybe, I don't know, you, no pressure, but we have a segment <laughs> called five and over where you take a five and under or an extra role and you do its spinoff doesn't have to be the same genre or the same medium. Mm-hmm. So is it going to, is it going to be our nurse or is it going to be another character? Um, I mean, my, my order, my, I never knew if he was a, a I guess he was an orderly and nurse. Cause in one scene, my nurse mm-hmm. in the bold and the beautiful took a small baby and put it in an incubator. Okay. And uh, had to, you know, and I didn't have lines, but like they told mm-hmm. me like Matt, be, it was like just me on camera with this doll as a yeah. baby. Uh-huh. And they're like, Matt, put it in there gently and hook up the wires and cords and you know, give it a second to look at it before you sure. like, leave. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm actually having to really act in this scene yeah, non-verbally. Yeah. Um, I, and I always was convinced it was the same guy at the hospital, although sure. I never could tell if I was a doctor, a nurse, or an orderly. I'm, I think I'm credited as orderly in the show that I had lines in. Mm-hmm. So, But maybe he moved up the ladder. And right. became, he was early and then he became a nurse and then he became a doctor. Okay. Um, uh, so maybe he's worthy of a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's worthy of a show. Uh, does it take place at the same hospital or does he oh, move, move on and or start I think his own it private all, practice? I think it has to move on. I think it has to be at that hospital. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think like, and I think like, <laughs> but his show is a comedy. Okay. So like, you know, all these dramatic things and melodramatic things are happening for the characters of the bold and the beautiful. Mm-hmm. But for him, in a way, it's like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead situation. He's in a mm-hmm. comedy while they're in a tragedy. Love it. Yeah. They're in a melodrama. Mm-hmm. So like funny things like scrubs like things are happening to him at the hospital. And every now and then they get interrupted by these families who have all these medical accidents and, and issues that are going through this incredible drama. And but he's on the peripheral and he doesn't really know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's got his own problems mm-hmm. and comedic wacky situations that he's getting into. Mm-hmm. So I think his show would be like a scrub show, and it'd be tied into the. Uh, but it's in that world of the bold and the beautiful. Just so like, all this crazy shit is happening around him. I like that. Yes. I like that very much. So like you know, wait a minute, wasn't this kind of coma last year? You know, there's all kinds of options. There's all you know. I don't hate this as an idea, and I feel like. Uh, this is copyright Matt Sachs 2020, uh, just in case anybody tries to steal it. This is uh, <laughs> Thank you. one of our better spinoffs. This is good. I seem to remember like there was one time where like Stephanie or some Stephanie, uh, the lead, uh, the like matriarch of like one of the families on the show, she was faking having a heart attack or faking a medical issue. <laughs> okay. Like okay. That. All right. I don't remember. Um, yeah. And I remember thinking like when we were told like, you know, when I was listening to Dial, I was like, wait a minute, she's not really sick. She's just pretending. How have mm-hmm. they not figured this out yet? She's been right. in the hospital for like a week or something like that. Uh, so Is good. it just because she's older? That's kind of like prejudiced against elderly people. Yeah, right. I love it. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Now, we, we have three questions that I have brought onto the show since you were first on. Okay, so uh, there's good. there's smaller ones. So and then once we do that, then you can uh, I'd like you to promote some things that you're interested in or are doing. Uh, so the uh, first one is what's your favorite craft service item? Oh, I liked the golden raisins mixed with cran- dried cranberries. Okay, all right, it's a good simple staple. I like it. That is very good, honestly. I was on 
some set last year where they had raisins that were like flavored, but they basically had sugar powder on them. It was one of the weirdest things. What you're talking about sounds delicious. These were yeah. insane. Yeah, mine was like, I discovered them on set. So that's part of why I'm picking them. They weren't like sure. something that I had found like outside of like being mm-hmm. on set and like, oh, these are at the craft service table. These are nice. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I, I like those. This was something like I discovered on set. Like, what are these? Golden raisins with dried cranberries mixed in. I don't right, know yeah. what it's called. It's just like a mix. It was just golden raisins, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize how delicious they were with dried cranberries in them to add some tartness. And I was like, these are delicious. This is delicious. What a great combination. Mm-hmm. So I discovered that at a craft service table and I was like, these are great. This is wonderful. So I think that that is my clear favorite thing because it is something I discovered at the craft service table yeah, and I delicious. became very highly enamored of. Very Do- tasty uh have you okay have you ever fucked up a take that's the that's the one i'm always curious about because again i always try to make the example i walked into a camera on joan of arcadia so no matter what you say it's not going to get much worse than that no i never did i was lucky uh i never fucked up a take um Mm -hmm. the closest i ever came even was that high school wrestler Mm -hmm. and because that was only because like i had to do shoot 32 or plus takes of me wrestling the lead on the show mm-hmm. and one of them i you know i had to like in wrestling terms i had to shoot on him and pick him up and slam him to the mat mm-hmm. and in one i didn't exactly slip but i wasn't i didn't think it was a good take like i didn't think oh i didn't get this shoot right and i didn't get him up in a good way as much as i'd gotten him before sure and i was like i hope i don't they don't use that one because i don't think that was as good as my other ones and when i watched it finally i think they did use the one that i was like oh that's just that's the one of the not as good ones but i mm-hmm. i don't know but i never fucked it up it was never that's anything good. my fault and uh that day on that nickelodeon show i was really conscious about that because i did have to wrestle the lead on the show yeah, and yeah. i had to do 30 plus takes of me out in the sun outdoors so instead of in a gym where all wrestling takes place uh, uh, with this very enthusiastic 15 year old boy or mm-hmm. however old he was uh, in, in wrestling him. And uh, no, I never, I never fucked up a take. Uh, right. I did another, I did another job where like a guy threw me, I played a valet and a guy threw me his keys uh-huh. and I, and I had suggested it, like, and the director said, "Okay, he'll throw you the keys, but you have to catch him every time." And I was like, "No problem." And he threw me the keys. He threw them behind his back. I caught him every time. All right, that's not bad. So, yeah. So I never <laughs> fucked up a. I never fucked up one take yet. Yet. <laughs> have Knock you done what would be considered a stunt of any kind? I mean, the wrestling could count, but is there anything else that you've done that might be a stunt? The wrestling counts because it was like, you know, they bumped me $25 and <laughs> they didn't have any fight choreographer on set. I came up everything oh, wow. you see. If you watch that Nickelodeon show, the wrestling, I came up with all of it myself. Okay. So, and it includes like earlier in the scene where he's watching other wrestlers wrestle and that's me and another guy. And the guy had never wrestled before. He lied about it on his resume. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had to show him what to do and to yeah. punish him. I put him in a hold and then slammed him to the mat because uh, he wouldn't know what to do to me. I, I had to do it to him. Um, so that was stunt work on set. And then like mm-hmm. I told like American Wedding, when I played the football player, we we ran around even though we weren't supposed to and we hit each other uh, <laughs> in pads and helmets. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. That's that's about everything. I might be blanking. Um, the, the wrestling and the football player. And when I worked on Jarhead, I ran around 
in the sand holding a big gun, but I don't think I did any stunt work on that. Yeah. Uh, and then I fell on Pearl Harbor, obviously. That was an <laughs> unintentional stunt, me <laughs> flying across the deck of an aircraft carrier like I was in a Three Stooges movie and not Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the wrestling and football technically was stunt work that I true. shouldn't have done. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay, Matt. First of all, thank you for coming back. There's oh, obviously thrilled. we had a lot to catch up on. So why don't you tell people where they can find you and what's coming up? Now, this is going to come out in a little while, so I think it's going to come out after your next drinking game, but you can tell them about it and, you know, if there's a chance you're going to do another one like this, then you can give them a heads up. Great. Um, well, uh, you can find me on all the social media. Uh, my Twitter handle is at VP Matt Sachs, mm -hmm. uh, and I love Twitter. I'll say that right now. I still mm -hmm. am a big fan of it, and I'd love to have more followers there. Um, I have a page with the – I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in case uh, that wasn't said earlier. And I have a, a talent profile on Minnesota Playlist, which is the local uh, – website for theater people here uh it has like talent mm -hmm. profiles and you can watch my reel or you can go to links and watch my reel on youtube and everything like that mm -hmm. um and i'm on instagram to uh just do a search for me and you should find me um and uh i my theater company is shadow horse theater here in um in minneapolis and we do a drinking game minnesota spinoff of the wonderful drinking game series there in la that jason can so frequently be seen in and does so much wonderful work in it was jason's idea that i do it here and so i'll always be grateful to him uh, for that we've been running over eight plus years now we took a big hiatus during the covid pandemic and you know quarantine and everything and we just did our first zoom show last month and uh the day after uh, or two days after we recorded this, we'll be doing our second one, which is Friday, a drinking game. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to do, we're going to try and do more through this year, through the end of 2020. So we've got uh, in October, we're doing Adam's family values, awesome. November or before Christmas mm -hmm. and December. We're going to somehow try and do a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. So uh, if you go and search on Facebook for a drinking game, Minnesota, you'll find us there. And that's where we use Facebook a lot for our drinking game, Minnesota posts and everything like that. And, uh, and including event pages for the shows that you can use to go and watch them. And we're making them all pay what you can uh, okay. so that, you know, anything you want to give to watch our show, we appreciate so, and it's helping to keep our theater company uh, afloat and keep us working somewhat during this very still stressful time. So I'm all over all the social medias uh, and I hope you'll also listen to me on other stolen dress podcasts because we've done, I've been oh, yeah. my first professional blur and comedy on vinyl about the mm -hmm. uh, George and Ira Gershwin musical, our, my country tis of thee. I think yeah. that's what it was called. <laughs> uh, of thee I sing. Yeah, I sing. There Ugh, go. Wrong lyrics. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, of the it's not a memorable play, I don't believe. Uh <laughs> won the Pulitzer. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow. That is true. <laughs> uh well, Matt, I appreciate you doing this. Um, oh, this is one wonderful. Thanks for having uh, me. I uh again I again. Uh, of course, people go go see that show. I mean, we're doing uh, I will say we are doing Zoom drinking games as well. 
um, we're the one you're going to miss because it's coming out too late is Back to the Future. And I don't know what we're doing after that, but who knows? I believe we're going to be doing one in October also. So keep your eyes out at adrinkinggame.com or I think awesome. they're more active at facebook.com slash adrinkinggame. Um, well, there we are. There's just one thing left to say, and that is I'm sorry I missed your thing. I don't own a TV, so... <laughs> You can find The Professional Blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Klom and follow his hashtag, The Professional Blur. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!